Hey there, um, a quick message before you start to listen to this podcast. Um, first of all, apologies for not making one for some time. I've been really busy with work and it just, I have not have any free time to make one and I feel like my mindset hasn't been clear enough to, to make a podcast, which is also an excuse in a way, but never mind that. So the podcast that you're about to listen is with my good friend, Ryan. So I've known Ryan for about 10 years and I think I say, I've mentioned this in a podcast, but um, we've been friends for a very long time, but we ended up... Um, splitting our ways. Um, he went on to doing different things than me as well. And we even live in different countries. So he lives in the UK and I live in Germany. And uh, But we still kept in touch after so many years. And he's just a very polite and a, and a great human being. Um, and he's a really good friend of mine. And so he visited me about two, three weeks ago. And I was really, really happy to have him around. Really just, I haven't caught up with him like that in a long time. And I had it in my mind to record a podcast with him. Even before I started making podcasts, I knew, I knew that like if, if I were to have a podcast one day, I would definitely have him on because he's a really cool guy. And so this is a podcast that you're going to listen to right now. Um, it takes us a little bit of time to get into it, um, to warm up. But as time goes on, the, we started talking about more interesting things. Uh, at some point, halfway through the podcast, my roommate starts to play music, so it's a little bit distracting, but at the same time, at some point, he starts to play some ambient music, and the conversation talk that gets to, um, the conversation goes into talking about the universe and stuff like that, and, and Ryan is a physicist and is um, and studies it at the moment, and, and uh, it's really, really interesting, so I think you're going to enjoy it. There's all kinds of uh, interesting things that you can pick up. We talk about electric cars, about the universe, about um, global warming a little bit, and, and stuff like that, um, and it's really cool coming from, from his kind of perspective, and he's still learning about these things, but um, he's studying um, physics, so he just has a different approach to things, and I am being more smart, and uh, he's a friend of mine, so I think you're going to really enjoy this, so I want to stop talking I hope you enjoy this podcast, and uh, yeah, let's get it going. I saw your life, and you saw mine. Yours wasn't pretty, mine wasn't fine. Yeah, so we're live. Uh, this is my friend Ryan, Ryan Baruki. I like, I like seeing your name, like your last name, like saying Baruki is, is more, it's like fancy because Ryan is quite the English name, but Baruki, like it's kind of like an unexpected like little twist when I when I say it always. I never say your last name ever, <laughs> unless I like really have to, or I just want to, like I say, because it's like... Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to give just like a basic introduction to like someone who doesn't know you, like, and if you had to be your own maybe PR or like something, like how would you um, describe maybe what you do? My name's Ryan, that's already... Yeah. Been established. Try to have this a little um, bit closer, just like about like yeah. yeah. Um, I'm a physics student at the University of Manchester. I uh, I boulder a bit. I I don't know really what else to say, <laughs> but yeah, that kind of sums me up. Sadly, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm sure that, that there is a lot more to that. But like I've I've noticed that you usually like 
when I talk to people or whatever, I like to go into details and you keep things super simple unless you see the other person is also interested about things. Yeah. And then you just, you start to like slowly expand and expand on things. Yeah. Yeah. Like for example, right now when we were in the kitchen and we have a conversation with my roommate, Richard, um, just very, very slowly you were expanding on something and you saw that he was more interested into it. And you were just expanding more on the topic that we were talking about, which was about just like physics and, and whatever else. Well, that probably just stems from being a tiny bit shy and don't want to just jump in and yeah, (laughs) I don't know, over explain something and they're really not interested and they really just want to go back to the room or something. Yeah. Yeah. Are you shy of like, because of not knowing the person? Yeah. And yeah. to just like not take a bit of his time. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Yeah, I'd be comfortable sense. with someone I know. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so you came in Berlin now for like four days just to, to see me and to hang out and just like do a couple of stuff and just like have some fun. I guess you're on vacation, sort of yeah. say. Yeah. And you're going back to the UK um, and you're continuing back. Your, you're continuing your studies as soon as you go back. I've got like a month left okay. of, of being free. A month left to be free. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's the summer holidays. And then you would go back into studying and you um, will be finished by next year? Yeah, June. Next by year. June. Yeah. And so you want to go into, um, do you want to, after that, you want to proceed to get a, a PhD in, in physics? Yeah, that's the plan. <laughs> right. I'm, so what's, what's, the t- what's the time space that it would be between, for example, like how long would it take after you finish? To you, for you to, to start, um, to go back to school to you so that you can get a PhD? Well, it depends. You can take as much time off as you want, but okay. um, the minimum time off is like just a summer holiday, which is usually three months. Just your three or four months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. So you would end in June and start in September or, mm-hmm. or October or something. Mm-hmm. Or maybe January at the, yeah. But you can just go and do it, get a job, something else. And then decide later on you want to do a PhD and you can go back to university and do a PhD then. Mm-hmm. But I think I want to just do it probably just after like four, ASAP? three or four months or, or like six months max, probably. Right. I think that's enough break. And then to get a PhD, how long was, does that take? Like three to four years. <laughs> Damn, son. Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's, 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 a, that's a normal commitment though, isn't it? Like, for example, like someone who finishes high school and they decide to go to university, then that's usually around a three or four year yeah study and then you now you to do that because i don't like i've told this to a lot of people but i just don't know like a lot of things about college or university i don't even like even know what a semester is like I, yeah. I do but i don't just even the word like what it means exactly um and so that's kind of like so you would do one study three or four years and then you would do another study three or four years and that's like is is, is a master's anywhere in between that or you're just finishing um because i don't i don't know yeah master's is just so you can go to university and just the first degree you do is the bachelor's degree. And then after that, you can do a master's. Okay. And I'm doing like, I'm doing a master's. Okay. Yeah. So next year is my like master's year. Mm-hmm. And, but it's kind of like integrated. So I just do four years and at the end I get a master's as mm-hmm. opposed to doing three. And then you go and do a master's and mm-hmm. then you do a PhD afterwards. And then you do a PhD. In some cases, you can do a BSc, a bachelor's degree, and then do a PhD. Okay. In some fields, not physics, but. Right. Well, not usually physics. Okay. Yeah. And so what, like, because I remember when we were little, because I met you as soon as I moved to Cyprus. I don't know if it was like yeah. the first year or whatever, or just like, it was like just the first couple of years when I moved to Cyprus. I remember uh, meeting you and you're like, I, I think you were like probably my first ever like friend in Cyprus. I was even thinking about that the other day. I was like, 
like Ryan was probably the first ever proper friend that I met in Cyprus. And I remember at the beginning, just, I don't know what we talked about or just how we even began to be friends, but I know in, um, we were doing a lot of just different videos and that's how I got into videos and photos and stuff like that. And I remember you were doing it at the time. Yeah. And at the time we were, I think around like 10 or 11. Yeah. Do you, do you remember if back then you were also interested into, into, into physics or? Uh, well, I actually had this conversation recently. I, I remembered that I was just for the longest time I wanted to be like, I wanted to go into visual effects and just sort of do that. Really? Like, I really wanted to be like the visual effects supervisor, but that was just because like that's... <laughs> but that's like for, for, for video stuff, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was the guy who gets his name on the credits and I always saw it and I was like, oh, that, that guy must be the key. <laughs> so I was like, I want to be that guy. Because I was really like into learning all the, like the cool effects you can do on that. Because we would, because I remember back then we were like, I got into a little bit into video editing because of just Club Penguin and just card tricks and stuff like oh, yeah. that. And like all of that stuff, I just got naturally into, into video filming and, and, and editing. And I remember we just naturally, I don't know how it happened, but we, we ended up being on the same page about filming stuff and we were watching a lot of um, video called pilot, which is yeah, yeah, this, the, yeah, this I OG. really love those guys. <laughs> which is if, if for anyone listening who doesn't know what a video called pilot is, it's just like this, um, company that, Teaches for teaches people how to do visual effects, but also that you can buy stuff from them, so that you can um, do more stuff with, with with After Effects and just more CGI or whatever else um, to add into your videos, like explosions or whatever else. Um, and so you wanted to be a, v, a visual effects. Yeah, just a visual what? effects guy. At okay. the time, I wanted to be the visual effects supervisor. Okay. But, but that's just eleven year old right? That's just the big name that came up. So I was like, he must do a lot of stuff. So yeah. I wanted to be him. But yeah, I mean, I just enjoyed doing that sort of thing. I wasn't thinking about physics at the time because I was mm -hmm. quite young anyway. So didn't really like hadn't experienced that stuff. And then like back then as well, I don't think it's like school also had like physics or anything like that. No, not in no. No, right it would be quite difficult to get your like like fifth sixth grade like yeah yeah but um i think when i moved back to the uk and mm -hmm. started doing like science lessons and things i just found that it was just oh so so it was when you moved back to the uk when yeah you, like, pretty sort of... much i think i was always interested in like science and maths mm. i was always interested in maths that was always my favorite like right. subject. <laughs> so like it kind of was like a natural it kind of just like segued into into yeah. physics and then for a while i was like well maths isn't Maths is boring because you can't like explain cool stuff to people. Like, like <laughs> physics is like sure, sure, sure. It, like, it proves physics is the thing that's really exciting, and maths is just the tool. The tool, yeah. But now I do like appreciate the tool a lot, almost more than physics. Really? In some way, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> and so when you, when you, when you were, when you will finish and you will get a PhD, what would you like to do after that? I'd like to continue in academia and become a researcher at some university and research physics. Theoretical physics is the like the area that I'm studying most interested in. Theoretical physics. So that's just that's a very overarching. Mm -hmm. um, but branch. like, like put, making it even more niche. Is there anything like specific in physics that interests you, like subject-wise? Yeah. Well, because like the only thing I know physics that really interests me is just like like. Um, quantum mechanics but that's like it's just because it seems so magical and so you yeah. know well pretty much everything you do in physics will involve quantum mechanics almost everything yeah. there's very few things you could do without quantum mechanics as a researcher because mm -hmm. that's like pretty forefront stuff but the the stuff that i'd like 
ideally to do would be something like quantum gravity, like the fundamental issues of physics and string theory and like a way to unify quantum mechanics and general relativity would be the ideal. That I mean, okay. that's quite like, I don't know. Who knows if I can get that? But yeah. if I could, it'd be like amazing. Like, yeah. I think it's everyone's dream to just go and do their own thing. Like just to, dis- I don't know, help discover or discover that. Yeah, physics. to contribute to, to physics yeah, and to just to help. to that yeah. area where we like, it's a huge gap in our knowledge. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. That, yeah, that sounds really good. That sounds really cool. So we were talking, I found this really interesting. We were talking a little bit, of, uh, like, just a couple of minutes ago about um, about the universe. And you said there's uh, the guy who, the mathematician, what's his name again? Roger Penrose. Yeah, so you were telling about, um, you were mentioning something about his research about the beginning of the universe or something like that? Yeah, he has some new research about how the big bang came to be and like what was what was the cause and like what was before the big bang and his theory is that there was an old universe before the big bang just that, that, of, goes, that goes into astrophysics right though yeah like cosmology yes right are you interested into that as well or are you mostly like well like in quotes down to earth um, stuff well no like cosmology is super interesting yeah mm-hmm. definitely yeah general relativity and just that sort of thing is very cool not not so much astrophysics like how stars are made and things mm-hmm. but cosmology like the space time itself and mm-hmm. like what's its shape and curvature and how the universe began and mm-hmm. how it's expanding that stuff's really cool okay so can you explain like what he was um what his theory was his theory was that at the current at the moment our theory is that there's nothing before the big bang or it's not even a good question to ask because mm-hmm like a thing exists in the universe you can't ask what was before the universe it's Mm -hmm. simply just at some point it started and here we are but his theory is that um at some point well at some point our universe will just get bigger and bigger and bigger it'll keep expanding Mm -hmm. and everything will just get like really really cold because everything's just getting farther apart and all the stars will die and all the black holes will shrink down to nothing because of this thing called Hawking radiation where they emit some like radiation so they the lose black holes emit radiation yeah from their surface and so they shrink their mass like reduces 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 and then eventually they like disappear in like a pop mm-hmm. <laughs> um and it's like the apparently it's after that point that the big bang from the next for the next universe would happen and so like that applies to the previous universe which would have so when a black universe. hole shrinks and then it pops so it's not the black hole itself but it's it's at the point where all black holes in the universe have died and popped and are gone and then there is a point after that where there's literally nothing mm-hmm. in the universe literally nothing at all mm-hmm. that the new universe the, okay i'm not quite sure on the details this was no, just one right. talk but and it's and it's like very new it's a very very new theory it's not widely accepted and stuff yeah but um that's the general gist that there were like infinite universes before ours and there will be infinite universes after ours following this process and his like but is, is this a, a theory or a hypothesis well, a, th- a theory is kind of a hypothesis. Um, they're kind of the same I thought thing. a hypothesis is something that's more 
proven slash researched yeah, yeah and then yeah. a theory is more something that I, like an idea that could be oh no i'd say the sorry the opposite way around a hypothesis is something like an idea that needs to be tested that's your initial mm-hmm. like you just think of something and then you you, you experiment and see right. if it's right a theory probably i mean people use the terms interchangeably like you could call a hypothesis a theory usually theory is just held for like something important or like something bigger made up of lots of different hypotheses hypotheses um, <laughs> yeah um yeah a theory will have lots of experimental evidence for it such as, such as the theory of evolution has like you know hundreds and thousands of pieces of evidence that support the theory right it'll never not be a theory there's no next there's no next step after it's, theory no it's, it's always theory it's always theory yeah and if there's one piece of evidence that doesn't support that theory and if we we very much trust that piece of evidence then then the whole theory is wrong right but that's as good as you get you just get one thing and you test and test and test and test and just hope that every time it matches yeah like you yeah. Match, yeah i see matches the prediction so uh so yeah so his um his theory is that like well some of the um predictions that this theory makes is that you can see the the pops from the black holes mm-hmm. in this thing called the cosmic microwave background okay which is like um in the beginning of the big bang everything was really close together and all the mass was like really close and so like all the light was like bouncing through the universe was effectively just like opaque you couldn't see through the universe because everything was so dense together like that light would just get absorbed and re-emitted mm-hmm. throughout all of the stuff and when the universe expanded enough so that the light could like escape that at that point um like light just sort of traveled out like and since then it's just been traveling since the big bang and we can observe that now and like it has a certain temperature and stuff and you can observe the temperature at all points around and like looking but the at light doesn't that, that light doesn't get sucked in into the into the because you said everything it gets compressed and so you can't see through you can't see through like in the very beginning of the universe okay when everything's really close together before everything is expanded mm-hmm. like light would be just light just couldn't get out of all of the stuff so mm-hmm. it'd just get like absorbed by the stuff and then get re-emitted by the stuff and then absorbed by the stuff it couldn't just get like free out into the universe kind of thing yeah and so when the universe expanded more and more like what's known as the mean free path so it's just kind of like how far light can travel before it gets re-emitted the mean free path effectively became like infinite so it just it would just like travel forever in a straight line kind of thing just going and going and going and uh we can observe that today from that time and that's the cosmic microwave background at the moment it's like the microwaves and they're everywhere like all the time just coming in and so mm-hmm. you can observe this at all points in the sky and you make a whole map of like the whole sky and you can just like observe but these these, these you can observe these with with a, some kind of a special um telescope or something yeah. like that or does yeah, it like infrared a, or does it a microwave telescope I'm not, I'm not actually sure i think they do it from space they do it from space okay yeah. so you put a telescope in space although wait I think initially it wasn't space. It was on the... It was on the Earth, but then they probably they realized that from space it's easier to do it. Yeah, although it's microwave, so I feel like it's very possible from the Earth. 
actually I think it's yeah bit of both. I'm not sure I'm a theorist I don't look, I don't look at the experiments I'm just like yeah there we are <laughs> Um, I found something interesting that you mentioned before you were talking about and it's just my mind and went into there um, you were talking about how just the universe keeps expanding 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 right mm. and I for some reason that, that just that just like went my it sent my mind in a different direction of like uh, of like humanity you know how we as, as a humanity we're um, we're beginning to grow more and more and more and more and there's like what now seven and a half billion people uh, yeah. And it's growing more and more. And I know this probably doesn't fall into your aspect of, of research or anything like that. But I'm curious, like, what you think on, um, like, overpopulation and, like, how does, does that affect, like, the world in any way? Uh, well, I don't think it's as much as a problem as people think. Mm -hmm. I think... Um, We've already reached peak child, which is like the number of children which will like that exists. Like the the number of children is not increasing; it's gonna just stay the same. So we've, already, like, we've already reached that. We've already reached, I think, two billion children in the world, mm -hmm. and I think it will stay two billion for like well, not for I don't know for, for a long time for a long time. Yeah, yeah. and um, so that's not like an issue. So they're not more children being born. I feel like people think that places in India and like Bangladesh and like Africa, people are having like 20 children and stuff. But the average child, like the average number of children for a family in Bang Bangladesh is like two. Mm -hmm. So it's a very standard yeah. like thing. So I, d I just don't think, I think it's going to reach maybe, I think, I can't remember the exact details, but it's not going to be more than like 12 billion Maybe that's even too 12 much. 12 billion, like the, our humanity? Like yeah. you mean our population of the Earth? That might be too much. But it's not going to just get... Absurdly, absurdly yeah, big, infinite yeah. or whatever. And also, like, I mean, I don't think there'd be a problem with agriculture and things either because I feel like the um, the increase is going to come from, like, third world countries and they'll just get, like, more organized than their land, their own land, which already exists, will be used for agriculture and... Okay. stuff like that so i don't think that being what like about like what about food? like resources yeah like you, yeah. you just mentioned food like what do you think about resources though because yeah. like i'm not like i'm not super educated on a topic but i'm really curious about it what other people think about it because th there have been there's been ups and downs of, like there's been um arguments about this about um for example the the food industry and how um a, little, a lot of food that's being produced right now is not organic and that's because um so it could be made faster so it can sustain people faster and and organic food would not be enough resources for everyone or something okay. like that and then just like that that's as much that's as much that is that is as much as i know and i don't know which is true and which is not but i'm just curious about like what people think about it so what do you mean by not organic like how is this made so you know like when when companies use, for example, um, there's been, oh, I can't remember the, the exact details of this, but um, when, when different companies make, yeah, damn it. <laughs> I'm trying to like head in the right direction of this, but it's really difficult to explain because um, I don't understand it myself as well really good. But basically, it's it's harder to maintain um, just organic food instead of um, 
instead of always making fake food and in, in, in a way that like fake food is much easier to make um, than than organic food okay um, like I know that's confusing because, and I'm, yeah. I'm confused by it as well okay I'm but, not sure like I feel like the way they make I feel like this term organic is just always thrown around in a way that it just doesn't or like the word, oh, it's not natural or it's not organic. Or mm -hmm. I mean, I don't really know the definition of organic. Does it mean if you grow something, you can't use like fertilizer or pesticides or things like that? Is that the... Um... Should be. Okay. Oh, I'll, I'll, let me actually, let me Google like, the actual definition of organic. Because like it's something that I've never looked up, but... Well, yeah, I mean, pesticides aren't great for some things. Like if it gets, that you know, there were some um, pesticides that got down into the food chain and like yeah it says it says it up. says uh, organic is uh produced or involving production without the use of chemical filterizers pesticides or other artificial chemicals okay i mean i don't personally see a problem with using them as long as they're not harmful to humans and they're not harmful to like wildlife mm -hmm. nearby and it's not actually affecting the um, ecosystem in any way I, mm -hmm. I, th that, I think it's perfectly fine but i think also just people would like think about more of the money side of things yeah but often, um, organic stuff is more expensive, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I think initially, if you're a country that's like developing, you're going to have to use but then you're kind sorts of, of things. But then you're kind of thinking like organic stuff. Okay. So you, um, when you, when you have two different companies, one is organic, one is, one is just using chemicals and stuff all the time. Right. Yeah. And so the one with the chemicals, um, they sell a lot more and a lot cheaper price. Yeah. And on the organic side, they might sell less because people will see, oh, this is expensive. And not everyone knows that, you know, sometimes um, the more expensive is better, especially when it comes to food. So, for example, here in Germany, if you were to go to a bio company or, you know, there's also, mm. there's also a fine line about these things. You know, sometimes you would buy like um, um, a peanut butter made from cashews and it's yeah. like six, seven euro but uh, you can find it somewhere else for three or four. Okay. And it's like, this is better, but what's the limit of like how good of a, a quality of a food is? Because the the better quality of food um, that you're buying, the the more that you can absorb all absorb all the real vitamins and all the resources that food really has, so that you can actually get what you're supposed to be getting from food. Yeah. Well. I'm not aware that any sort of like non-organic things necessarily remove nutrients. I might be wrong, but like, for, I think for example, apples, it's the way they're stored for a long time in sort of low temperatures. Mm -hmm. Apparently that process removes a lot of the antioxidants inside mm -hmm. the apple and it just becomes almost like a sugar, just like a whole ball of sugar. Um, so I'm not sure if that would change if it was organic or not. I think that's just the storage because you could grow it organically and store it just the same. So I'm not sure, but in, in terms of like, I just feel like even if there were a few more people in the world, I don't think, I think initially there would probably be like the same development. Like we just need to get a lot of food quick. And then after that point, people can start thinking about, okay, let's make it organic and stuff. And I don't think the world is ever going to get to the point where we're just going to be eating like rations just garbage. or just like yeah garbage food that just gets created really quickly and get out really quickly i think we could sustain it i think people are intelligent mm -hmm. enough innovative enough to just work that out yeah i don't think that's going to be a problem mm -hmm. necessarily 
what do you think might be a problem as we're like heading more and more into the future? Like, like realistically, um, from 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 your perspective as like a uh, a scientist, well, global, well, global warming for global sure. Warming. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah. Like going back to the topic of like resources, if there are more people, even a bit more people, and like if, yeah, if like if you're starting up as a country, I feel like it's a good way to just get energy to people quick is burning coal, and it's kind of like you can't really ex you can't really tell them not to because I mean we did it like the West did it for ages and that gave us that got us into a position where we can now think okay we'll use wind power or solar power or all these other types of renewable energies like um, maybe nuclear fusion like nu yeah nuclear fusion um, whereas if you're in like China China's burning like it's like a tiger economy it's like rapidly growing but it's rapidly grown because of like burning coal, which is a bad thing for the environment. It's very bad, but it's almost, you can't blame them too much. Mm -hmm. But then after a point, hopefully once they're like on their feet, they can rapidly like change that over to renewable stuff. Mm -hmm. It's just quite, it's quite a hard topic to, to yeah. do. You can't just be like, no, you're not allowed to use coal. And then their economy never grows and everyone's poor and people are dying of starvation. Yeah. yeah. So were the morals on, on that too. Yeah. Yeah. I find it interesting like we were talking earlier um, early in the day we were talking about uh, cars and electric cars and I found it like super super interesting that I had this experience um, where I in the morning I, I, I rented a car and I drove it to a place um, which was um, just a gas car and then on the way back from work I drove an electric car and it was interesting to me that the electric one was cheaper than the gas car yeah that is like, is that, like, a, a standard thing? I'd say no. Like, I, I see no... There's no reason why it should be more expensive, but... Because I, I, thought, I, I thought of it in the way of, like, um, organic food versus non-organic, you know, like, mm. um, in a way that, like, the electric way is, is, is the more better for the earth, right? You, yeah. you, you, you're not burning all of that gasoline yeah. and um, whatever else. Well, the electric cars themselves are usually more expensive than the yeah same exactly car. exactly. So it would make sense that it would more it would be more expensive, but maybe there's like some sort of government scheme that's subsidizing the uh, the fares or something to promote the use of electric vehicles. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm not sure. That would explain why it was lower. Yeah, but that's good. That's a good thing. No, that's, that's really really good because yeah. I, I asked my friend about it and he was like he he told me about the company uh, WeShare, which makes uh, which is Volkswagen that makes these electric cars that you can rent. He told me about it and he was like, we were talking a little bit about this as well. And he was like, if I can hire, like if I can rent an electric car, I would rent an electric car every time. Cause you know, it, it's a, you're, you're yeah. ma just making one good step towards, you know, yeah. um, not doing bad to the earth, which yeah. just like cars contribute to, to global warming. Yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. And so we were talking about that. And he was like, if I can go with an electric car, I would do it every time. And then I realized just on the, on the day after that, like it's cheaper. And I was like, what? That's, that's. That is crazy. It was a similar car to the was the was the petrol car a similar car to the electric car. Uh, the electric car was just like the, I don't like know in in uh, in means of like power or whatever else or, or horsepower or, or whatever. In terms of the, the car itself, was it more expensive? Was it um, the so the 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 gas the petrol car was. Mm, it did seem more fancy, but yeah. at the same time, I like I just like. Um, at the same time, I was also really impressed by the Volkswagen 
um, on in the interior of it because it, it had it had higher technology in my opinion than mm. um, the other car. Okay, it yeah. doesn't seem like a big difference. And you said it was like thirty five cents for the for the gas car. Every, yeah, it was like minute. it was like it was like thirty three or thirty five cents for it, and then um, it was nineteen nineteen cents per so thirty five cents or thirty three cents per minute for the gas car, and nineteen cents per minute for the electric car. Yeah, that's a huge. That's a huge. That's not yeah. just like that's not like just five cents or whatever. That's like, it's it's pretty big deal. It could be some sort of like subsidized scheme by the right. government to like encourage you to use electric cars. That could be it. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Well, that's very good. It's good to see. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm gonna end this one because like one of my roommates or someone is playing music and it's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't hear it, but only through the headphones. <laughs> through the headphones, yeah, yeah. But I think it's it's, it's really nice for for in general for a podcast to have um, to have headphones because the conversation is a lot more intimate. Yeah. Um, and you're just a lot more focused on what you're talking about or what you're asking. Um, so for people who can't really see what's happening, we both have headphones on, but the sound is like coming from only like one ear. Yeah, and uh, it's kind of uh, weird, but kind of not in the same way. After you get used to it a little bit, it's just uh, it's quite normal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna end it there. Uh, do you wanna add anything? Add anything else on the, at the end of this? <laughs> I hope I didn't bore you too much. No, <laughs> I am yeah. like I I am interested in physics, but in physics, but a lot of the time there's just so many things that I just don't understand. Where even if you like explain them back to me i'll be just like yeah mm -hmm. yeah well yeah. you did ask you yeah. asked about something that i don't even know myself to be honest like Wh which one the hawk the um the pen roger penrose's new theory of the universe right thing. that's like super new well like, you, you do you do know about it but i was yeah. just curious about like you just basic yeah yeah yeah, I could hardly explain that one. And it's no surprise that you don't really get it because I don't get it either. No, that's all right. So that I, it's just curious to see like what you're interested in and what you're listening to and it's what what kind of thoughts or, or theories people are coming out with that yeah. it's in your field because I don't, I, I have no idea. I'm not in that world at all. I like, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm in my own world of things. And uh, it's, it's really interesting like just to hear like what... Um, others doing and like others perspective on things and um yeah actually like let me ask you just a couple more things i was really curious um when we were talking we were cycling yesterday and we were just talking about um just like love relationships and work and, and school and everything else and i was telling you a little bit about school and why um i just like decided to finish high school and, and, and not go to like university or college or anything else just because i'm really not into the system um and i told you that yeah, of course, that does come with, with uh, some sacrifices that I need to make and I have to be more responsible and I have to be more disciplined around things to really make things happen and not just um, just have this feeling of freedom, just be a feeling of, of freedom and just to like, oh, smoke some weed and like watch some Netflix and whatever. There's, there's a real like sense of like weight and responsibility to things. Um, and I was really curious when we were talking yesterday and you, you mentioned something that like I related with, which I did not like expect actually at all to hear from you, which is you were talking that you were going through some phases of just like self doubt and stuff like that. And, um, can you expand on that just a little bit? Yeah. Well, when you're in a field where when you're like at university and everyone's really like clever around you and. Like you need to be smart to succeed in this like sort of thing. Like it's also it's quite competitive, like, isn't it? Uh, it? Yeah, it's pretty competitive, and 
like just the idea of being a researcher or a physicist and you have to discover new things and like it's just there's no way you can get away with not having some sort of self-doubt about that like how do you how could you be good enough to like discover something new right and that's sort of, sort of like stressful and causes like anxiety and and then like it kind of morphed into like being stressed about losing because so far I've done pretty well and I'm like okay like I feel like I'm probably I might be good enough you know other people are doing it near me and uh, like okay I might be good enough but then that might morph into things like you get stressed that it's going to just disappear at some point. Like you sort of, you sort of hinge your whole life on do you your like, do brain. You, do you hope for it to disappear or do you like, do you? Oh, no way. <laughs> no, the complete opposite. Like, you know, cause you've like hinged your whole life on, it's kind of like if you're an athlete and you, you were just like top of your game. I'm not saying I'm top of my game, but just like, I don't know. You, or you like, you're an athlete, you're really good. And you, you might be able to get into like, um, the NBA, NBA or like the NBA, like yeah. you're a really good basketball player. Like, you just need to carry on a bit more, and you'll get into the NBA, and you'll be good. And then you break your leg, and then yeah. it's just like, oh, oh yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's that sort of thing. Where it's like I don't want to break my brain. <laughs> so I just sort of like had this like phase of just being super anxious about doing anything, like a bit. But just like you, you were super anxious to not um, over. Educate, educate yourself but not overfill your brain with information I was just like no just like um, okay I'm cycling I'm like oh what if this car just pulls out and I just get brain damage or like what if, what if I uh, <laughs> what if I just like drink some lead like from water and I get brain damage yeah. <laughs> like, everything basically everything just <laughs> ended in brain damage <laughs> so it's just like uh, being a bit like a hypochondriac and right. stuff but no, I think I've gotten over that now. I just right. try to. Chill. It's very interesting because I, I I never like it's it's a different kind of being different like level of being in quotes paranoid or in, in yeah, just yeah. being stressed out about things to not harm yourself so that you can continue to do the work that you love. Um, because like on on mind of things, it's it's always like I like I'm not good enough. Like I, I want to be very original. I want to be very creative with things. I yeah. I've seen someone else has done that. So fuck, someone else has already done that. So it's never really about. Well, that is def it's definitely going to be that. <laughs> it's definitely going to be that. Yeah, yeah, because like when you're in the field and like you're trying to come up with something new, you're going to be stressed that someone else is going to be doing the same thing. And they'll publish the paper before you, and all your work is pointless and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's stress. But like, yeah, also just what if, just generally, what if you're not good enough to be that kind of person? What if you'll never think of something new creative or yeah. like, it's just, it's just like the, the, like the, the, a creative person's struggle, even just like not, it doesn't like a, a creative person. When I say that, it doesn't just have to be in like, um, drawing or music, or you can be a creative physicist. Yeah. I mean, think you have, how, to be. you have to be, yeah, you have yeah. to, you have to be creative in a way. Yeah. Like you have to create a new theory yeah it's like has to come from your brain and that's just such a scary thing because it's not like you you don't know what it's going to be this music is getting louder and louder yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what it's going to be until you do it and so there's like this sort of weird like the opposite of the benefit of hindsight sort of thing you yeah know what i mean like uh, what's the benefit of the hindsight like after the event you can sort of realize like Oh, I shouldn't have done this. You know when you, you know when you have okay. something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like you do something wrong, and then you're like, "It's like fuck, I didn't kiss the girl. Damn it!" Like, yeah, like, <laughs> like, and you're like, in hindsight, I should have done it, but like, at the time, it was super stressful or whatever. Yeah. Or like, at the time, like, how how do you know? You can't just think 
this is what the theory is going to be like because that's the moment of creating the theory. You can't like, so it's kind of like a weird mm-hmm. thing. Do, do you think that's like because you're not overcoming the fear in the moment, or that's that's because something a situation happened and it, and you did what you felt doing in the moment, and then after that you're like, fuck, I should have done this. Now, now they have probably processed it. Yeah, that's uh, like the benefit of hindsight. But okay. it's like what a, like the stress is like the opposite of the benefit of hindsight, where you you just don't know what's going to come. Yeah. And it's like, how, how do I know like, that when the time comes to like make this thing that I'll ever do it? Like maybe I'll just will never. As a scientist, do you, as, as, I mean, do you mind calling me, calling you a scientist? You <laughs> eventually, eventually, you're eventually like... I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> I've done three years. So sure. <laughs> don't feel qualified enough for this, but yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> do you always want certain answers for things like you always want the answer as a as a scientist or do you are you okay with having um the unknown there because the unknown will always be there in in some way or form there will be always things that we won't know but like as someone who says physics and and always um i i know you're more of a theoretical physics and what would be the other thing is the theoretical and the experimentalist experimentalist and so you always physics in general just wants answer to things they want to figure things yeah. out and put it on a paper put it uh, in an equation or something and just have an answer for that yeah um w- do you think there's a a, a a big resistance in the in the in the physics community of uh leaving some things unknown and there being things that there will never be answered well i don't think it's ever like we'll just leave this alone and it'll never be known because that's like, if, if that's the case, then that's a huge area of research that people will like spend their entire say, lives. Say that again one more time. So there'll never be a situation where people will be like, okay, let's leave this. Well, we don't know what it is. Yeah. Some things we just don't know. Right. Like that's no, never, physics will never do that's that. That's never the attitude. Yeah. The attitude is always, okay, we don't know it. Let's research this for uh, like <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> like spend my whole life doing this. Like right. if there's something we don't know, we just ask, every single question we can think of right and come up with things to try and explain right and try and explain do you it. Think, that's the job do you think of those things that physics would never be able to answer like like i know physics can answer a lot of things and and, and has already mm. but do you think there's things that you, there's even questions that you can't even answer because there's not a possible way for them for for physics to answer those questions and i because i i a couple of months ago i met this guy who was talking about the uh, i was just briefly mentioning about this talking topic and he wasn't like you very easy going with things he was more of um of um attacking in quotes personality as he's okay. like he's if he's a physicist and he was very like uh and i was telling him like i was asking him the, the same question like do you think there's the things that would never be answered by physics and he was like yet yet physics will always have an answer for things kind of that kind of behavior yeah, yet, yeah. Yeah. and so like what do you what do you think of that well i'm not like that confident but i'm pretty confident that right just based on all of the other theories that whenever we've had a question so far except for the very cutting edge stuff that we're still investigating and mm-hmm. um, there has been some sort of answer and some sort of theory that can be used to predict those results and predict future mm-hmm. events so it seems extremely likely that um, maths and physics will be able to describe the unknown things. Mm-hmm. Sort of like, so our problems at the moment are, the biggest problem is probably this 
unifying quantum mechanics with uh, general relativity. Mm -hmm. General relativity works extremely well on big scales, like for black holes and things. Can you just basically explain general relativity? Um, yeah, in the ba- in the most like, in the super in the, in the super fundamental way that someone who doesn't even study physics or someone maybe who doesn't even like physics can understand what like that means. So the idea is that like things with mass, like pla- everything with mass, but like it works on the bigger scales. Like the effects are more great on the bigger scales. Mm-hmm. So like the sun and the earth, mm-hmm. um, they basically like curve the space and time, mm-hmm. or like and you can just imagine this if you get like a. Um, sort of like a rubber sheet and you just place like a ball in the middle of the rubber sheet like it kind of dips down yes and then if you've got like another ball and you you kind of place it in the dip that it would like roll down into the it would roll down into the dip mm-hmm. where the ball is but you could like flick it around like you could flick it like 90 degrees to the and it would go around in a circle sort of thing yes and it's that sort of idea that the um like the Earth is kind of like rolling around the valley of the. Uh, I see. Of so, space time? Yeah, but that's like a two dimensional. So, like, yeah, the yeah, is two dimensional. Exactly. Yeah. Space time is four dimensional. So, you can't visualize the, the right. curvature. Right. But you can just deal with the maths, and the maths will like describe the curvature. And you is that tripped out, dealing with the maths and not having the physics? Like- yeah, well, that's the case with almost everything <laughs> you do in physics. Like, <laughs> like, the nice thing about it is, though, you, you pretty much always have some sort of simplified like intu- intuition about things mm-hmm. and and that I think that based also, on also other answers and other knowledge about things yeah or like I think of like the curvature of space time always in that sort of context I always think okay it's a 2D sheet and the ball is like warping yeah. the sheet yeah and now I'm just like okay I don't need to think about it in four dimensions I kind of get I get the idea yeah and so that's good enough yeah um, and it's like that with everything but then that kind of links back to the idea of like can physics describe everything when fundamentally all of our physical theories hinge almost on some sort of intuition and like not and if all of our theories hinge on intuition and then we've got theories that are counterintuitive maybe there's a limit Mm -hmm. to like um our ability to just or maybe it just makes it super hard i don't know if it like really answers the question of like if it's possible i think it would just make it incredibly difficult because all of our theories kind of they have to start somewhere and the way they usually start is with some like intuition, like yeah. some like idea. Yeah. That you can like a sense of, of a feeling. Like a feeling, yeah. yeah. And then you put it into practice. Right. So getting a feeling, I mean, it's already amazing how people have come up with this stuff so far with just with feelings, like, cause some of it is so counterintuitive, like quantum mechanics just in general. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe it's just going to be super, super hard, which it seems to be, because we've not got a theory of everything yet. Um, but it could just... Yeah, so far it's worked, and so I feel like it's probably going to happen, but who knows? Maybe we're in a giant simulation and there's just some fundamental thing. Maybe if we probe, probe deep enough, we'll just find like the the source code of our universe <laughs> <laughs> from the coders in a different <laughs> universe. Did but you, that, that doesn't you, really answer the question, because, like, what about those? And what what about, like, the people who have the computer running our simulation? And what about their simulation and their simulation? So, wait, wait, do you believe in aliens? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't not believe in aliens. I don't yeah. think that it's impossible. I just yeah. think that, we, well, we haven't observed them yet, so... Yeah. Um, but it's definitely entirely possible that there's another civilization somewhere else in the universe. I mean, 
if there wasn't, then you'd just be saying that humans are super special and like, yeah. I don't know. It's super egoistic. It's, it's, yeah, it's unrealistic <laughs> to say that it's just humans. I don't know. Yeah. Unless there's some like, unless our conditions were so perfect, like unrealistically perfect that it happened. Right. And it'll never happen anywhere else because it's just super unlikely. What is this music, man? It's, it's almost quite a nice like backdrop. I don't know. <laughs> you know what, this, just the previous song before this was very like nice as you were talking. It was just very like ambient music, and now it's just like oh yeah, maybe just not. punk rock or something. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm gonna end it on that. Uh, thank you for going into details about this. Things are super interesting, like to to hear about, it, and especially like um, the things that I understood more <laughs> 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 because. Um, there's too many things that I don't understand and it's just like uh, it's also nice like you said like we've talked about this um, earlier today to, to learn um, as a physicist or as a scientist to learn, to learn a way to learn a way to explain things to people in a, in a simplistic manner that they would understand so that even if they don't know um, the details of it they can just get a basic idea yeah, and that gets them more interested. That gets them more interested into physics, and I think that's oh, yeah. what, it's, it's, it's very because important. you really really like physics and you want more people to be interested in it. Yeah, then explain things in a very simple way, and also being playful with entertainment. I mean, being playful with education can create an, an entertaining education, and I think yeah. that's just like that's the key to like making enter- making education fun. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to think I'm okay at explaining things. I'm not great. There's definitely Right. I can definitely improve. No, but you have that, but, um, that you have the idea in your head that you would like to get better yeah, in it. So it's, it's like it's the back in the back of your head and if yeah, if you mean if every physicist could be like Richard Feynman in the way he explains things, it's just <laughs> that'd be incredible. I feel like there'd be so many good so many more physicists who'd right. be so excited about it. If your high school teacher was like Richard Feynman, I think half the class would go because <laughs> he's just he's so good. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I think like you're you're still super young. You're 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 my age, and just like by the time you're like 50, 60, you will have like gone through different things and learned other things, and like you will just know how. Like through so many years, you will just have learned a way to explain things even simpler and make it like more entertaining for people and and get more people interesting to learn about these things in a simplistic manner. Because I think what and even for me, because of because of mainstream education in school, what scared me a lot of like a lot of the time away from physics and stuff is how complicated it sounded. Yeah, and yeah. it just it's overwhelming. I'm just like nah, like I I'm interested of like the the whole magicality of it, the yeah, magicness yeah. of it, you know. <laughs> um, and I think yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm gonna end it on that. Uh, is there anything you wanna add for the end? <laughs> this is like end let's part not, two. <laughs> yeah, let's not do this again. <laughs> Okay. But thanks for having me. Uh, dude, yeah. yeah how, you, you felt nervous in the beginning? You feel a little bit better now? <laughs> yeah, I hope there's no physicists watching and they're just like picking out all the little small details that probably like said wrong. Find Brian Brookie on LinkedIn and just like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for listening to the episode. If you want to um, continue listening, that tune in for the next episodes. And, or if you like this one, then check out the previous episodes. There's only like 12 or 13 so far, so... Uh, yeah, tune in and uh, peace out.